You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 41 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom, representing the kingdom, myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor, Tom Childs. In this week's show, we're on the other side of the 2022 draft. And we'll obviously give you our thoughts on the Chiefs draft strategy, which had everyone guessing. We'll be giving you 10 reasons why we hate the offseason. And we'll also be talking about the International Series games and the stories from other media sources in our Arrow Headlines segment. But first... Right, that's... Uh... I called uh, Patrick Mahomes on the grid, who's a bit of a sporting legend out at Kansas City Chiefs. Where is this guy? There's a really tall guy there. That must be him. Patrick, Martin Brando, Formula One television in England. Yeah, I don't think you can hear me up there. Patrick, how are you? Good, good to see you on the grid here. What do you think of this atmosphere? This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is, this is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they're locked in. It reminds me of myself. But uh, the real focus. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Paulo Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. Last weekend saw the Formula One roll into Miami, and there was so much at this event that was Chiefs-related that we obviously could not keep it out of this show. But there was one thing that was really, really epic, and it was the epic grid walk interview by former F1 driver Martin Brundle. Did you see this, mate? In I fact, did. I know you saw this because we were commenting on this web in our chat. I did. I did. Um, <laughs> he was. He, we have obviously rhyming slang over here in England, and it's traditionally a Cockney thing, and normally. For something like that, we would say he had a Western, as in he had a Western supermare, which is a, a seaside town over here. But the, the rhyming slang meaning for it is a, he had a nightmare. And Martin Brundle, oh my gosh, he clearly has no idea who Patrick Mahomes is. Like he got told Patrick Mahomes is on the grid, uh, is on the grid. And I don't even think Patrick Mahomes was even on the grid. Was he even in Miami this weekend? I'm not even too sure. I don't think he was. But, so obviously... The producer has got into Martin Brundle's ear and gone, Patrick Mahomes is on the grid walk. Patrick Mahomes is on the grid. You need to go and see him. You need to go see him. So he's gone, all excitable, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. And it wasn't. It was some college basketball player or something like that. I don't know who that guy was, but I'm pretty sure it was not Patrick Mahomes. But I did appreciate the way that that guy just rolled with it. He didn't even care. He still gave his thoughts. And it's just that moment you can see, like if you go and watch the video, you can just see that moment of realisation from Martin Brundle where he's like, oh, not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> is, I've been told in my ear, you are not Patrick Mahomes. You can just tell it. It was just amazing. But he wasn't the only celebrity that 
Martin Brundle had trouble with. He had trouble getting to Venus and Serena Williams. He tried getting hold of David Beckham, his compatriot. He tried to talk to David Beckham and just that wasn't happening either. Poor Martin Brundle. Like he's supposed to be there as an analyst for Formula One. He's supposed to talk about the sport, but every single week he gets put in this position where he just has to go and talk to randomers on the grid walk. And it's just, he never talks to drivers on the grid, hardly ever. It's always celebrities. And I just feel feel sorry for him because he's got so much to deal with as well as trying to keep up with pop culture. I just want a poor guy. Poor guy. I'm with you on that because I think originally the grid walk was clearly to talk with the drivers. Being a Formula Formula One or former Formula One driver, Mm -hmm. he clearly has that kind of resume to go out there and go, do you know what? I know what I'm talking about. I can talk with the drivers about strategies. But the grid walk's been such a a massive development now that it is literally filled with stars from every walk of life. I mean, that other guy that he saw who he was asking who he was and he was some Gianluca or wherever he was and apparently he was an internet sensation or a social media sensation. Sir, I don't know who you are, but I'd like to know who you are. I'm Martin Brundle from Sky. You you look a very interesting character. Social media sensation, let's say this. (laughs) And modest too. Martin Brundle had no idea who it was and he was just basically saying, yeah, you're modest you as well, aren't you? Because this guy (laughs) was completely all in himself, wasn't he? I would liken it to, I don't know, like Chris Collinsworth being at like the media events before the Super Bowl and them having celebrities there <laughs> and Collinsworth having to go up to Nicki Minaj and going, can you tell me what WAP means? Yeah. Like, <laughs> something like that. That's what I liken to. That's not, that's not his, that's not where he needs to be working. He needs to be working on the sport. And I just felt sorry for Martin Brundle. I really did. He, he's, he's, He's had a tough time. A lot of people in America wouldn't even know who Martin Brundle is. And this week he's just turned himself into a meme just because like he thought this guy was Patrick Mahomes. And I've seen some people coming out saying, oh, that's racist. No, it wasn't racist. He got told it's Patrick Mahomes. And to be fair, the guy was just like a slightly taller version of Patrick Mahomes. He had some, he has similar hair. Yeah, the guy was, was the tallest guy in the, on the grid as well, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, so he got it in his ear. That tall guy over there, that's Patrick Mahomes. And he went running over. Like, at least he had the bottle to do it. <laughs> um, Martin Brundle, he's, he's, definitely, uh, he's definitely a national treasure after yeah. that. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. I mean, he's even gone on record basically saying he hates the grid walk now. Um, yeah. And I can see why. I really can see why. I mean, he's, he literally is like a fish out of water now because, like you said, yeah. he doesn't get a chance to t- speak with the drivers anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, I, they've got to keep doing it, haven't they? He's got to keep doing it for that. For that, it, it was better than the race. Yeah, very let's true. Just say that it was better than the race. Um, let's talk about that actually b- briefly. Um, not obviously about the race. The race was absolutely rubbish. But the setting in Miami, it got me giddy because when I switched on the, uh, I didn't know it was actually going to be around Hard Rock Stadium. No, Se- the second home of the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, is that our head east, is it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is now. But um, looking at it, I mean, it brought back so many memories, didn't it? I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if people don't know by now, obviously me and Tom were there and we were watching the Chiefs literally bringing home the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But seeing that setting and seeing that like racetrack just snake around Hard Rock Stadium, it got me all giddy again. I kind of I kind of feel I want to go back to a game, man. What about you? Not in not in Miami. I don't want to go watch a game. I don't no, want to no. see Tariq in a uniform. Um yeah, I'm I'm obviously excited about a new season. Obviously the schedule comes out 
later today for people mm. listening. We're recording this on Wednesday evening. It's coming out on Thursday night. And a lot of people will start planning their trips and what, what games are they going to go to, what teams are they going to go see when. And obviously th- this is the exciting part of, of the off-season, season, especially for like a, a foreign fan. If you're looking to get over to the States, this time of year is really exciting. And I'm undecided whether I'm actually going to get to a game myself this year. Mm-hmm. I really want to. Um, I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'll most likely end up at one of the London games when we get to them Yeah, shortly. But... Um, in terms of the Chiefs, I, I don't know. I'm playing it by. Do you know what I'm thinking about doing? I'm thinking about like just leaving it to like last minute and <laughs> going on a like if if the Chiefs host a playoff game, yeah. for example, like I say, if when they host a playoff game, yeah. when they host another ASC Championship game, I'm thinking about like just doing a last minute trip to that this year, as opposed to doing like a planned trip for this the regular season. Like regular season games are are becoming less and less important as the years go on. Um, like it's almost like, like, yeah, it's like as Chiefs fans, we're becoming like the pages where we can, can we just get the regular season over and done with and start yeah. the season in January, please. Like, come on, let, let's get, let's get like that. And um, that sounds so arrogant, doesn't it? It's so arrogant. It just doesn't but, it now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's so true. Um, yeah. That's the how I'm feeling. So I just kind of, I'm looking at January thinking, oh, I don't want to waste my money on a regular season game. I want to spend it on a season my money. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking just wait for the playoffs and uh, go see the Chiefs on, in the playoffs. Maybe even go see the Chiefs on the road in the playoffs if that happens. Like go and see Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Do you know what? You're such a you're such a glory hunter now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually just going to go to sleep now until January. I'll wake me up when the season's ready. I'll do my headlines, but I won't watch any games anymore. <laughs> That's it. No, but you're right, though. I mean, I suppose even last year, I mean, even the rough start that we had last season, you know, a lot of us were, were basically going, we'll be still be in the playoffs. Mm. You know, it just felt as though that's it's it's almost like our rite of passage now. It's weird. I know what you mean. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it does feel like that. <laughs> um, we've got to touch on the draft briefly because I know a lot of the podcasts at the moment have been talking about the draft and the players that we've picked up and everything like that. And we did say at the end of the last show two weeks ago that uh, we would give our thoughts on the draft players and the strategy and things like that that happened and. and we will do that. We will do that, but very briefly because there's other stuff to get onto. Because we have got a packed show this this week. We really have. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah. So obviously to kick off season two, uh, Tom and I we delved into the mind of Brett Veach or tried to with his draft strategy, and as expected, we completely got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, we completely got it wrong. I um, almost thought I nailed it, but yeah, go on. You are. I almost thought I nailed it. Yeah, almost. Because yeah. I, I expected the trade up for a defensive player to happen, and that's why I wanted to happen. Obviously, yeah. what we talked about the last show, but I just wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be a corner. Like no. I genuinely wasn't. And the no. fact that I love the Brett Veach doubled up on, on defense in the first round, I I, I I am all all for it. There's my homes, my homes in the wide receivers, whoever they are, they can do all of that. I love what Veach done defensively. Just Taken, uh, take as many players as possible and just said, off we go, boys. Let's throw bodies at this and let's see where we can find some su- potential superstars. And yeah, that I, I'm not going to sit here and talk about specific players because you know me, I, I, I don't 
take an interest in in college prospects until they're actually playing in the NFL. Yeah. But am I excited about the positions that Brett Veach went for in the draft? Absolutely. They they are our needs in def- on the defensive side of the ball were at corner and at edge. He addressed them both in round one. There's a good chance that both of them two players will start week one that will be contributors for the Chiefs. And then they've got some other pieces at corner and safety in the later rounds where they could end up being contributors too. So for me, I'm not I'm not one for draft grades either, but Brett Veach absolutely nailed this right now. Whether it actually turns out in a few years' time, whether he did nail it, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, positionally, I think you're right. He nailed it. Um, and he completely pulled the rug from, from under everyone's feet, really, in a way, because I think the strategy was how let's just see how the board goes and how this draft is going to shape up. Because he then saw a lot of teams battling for wide receivers, and I think he just thought, mm-hmm. right, I'm just going to sit tight here. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think I think defense was definitely on his mind because we all know prior to that he had very long meetings with his defensive uh, coordinators and defensive crew and everything like that. And it was clearly something in his mind that he was going to go and get some uh, mm. a, a quite a, quite a lot of quality defensive players. But like you said, I was I was really surprised about corner. I was very yeah. surprised um, because it's not something that he's really kind of leaned towards, has he? Yeah, yeah. He but, killed that narrative, didn't he? Killed that narrative of not taking completely. Any, uh, he even brought it up. He brought up the narrative himself in the the, the post draft presses about. Uh, is said that um, we don't invest in corners, and obviously they did. One thing I did like about the, the draft, and there's several things I like about it, but one thing that stuck out to me was the lack of panic from Brett Reach in terms of receiver. Do you remember, like, in 2018, which was his first draft, we had the Tyreek Hill news come out, like, literally two or three days before, and his, his future was really uncertain. Mm. And I do think that that year they panicked, and it altered their draft strategy strategy and they ended up taking McCole Hardman because they thought they need a replacement for Tyreek Hill there and then because no one knew what was going to happen with Tyreek Hill's future of the team let alone future in the NFL where this time there wasn't any panic they're like as soon as the run on receivers started in those in in those early rounds Brett Veach just let it play out he didn't try and jump up and get a play he didn't pay over the odds to get a receiver he didn't reach to get a receiver that he thought he'd still be able to get in round two he sat there played the board and then showed even more patience at pick 50 he's got pick 50 and he still trades back acquires that extra fifth and still picks up Sky Moore at 54 I just loved that how like mature Brett Veach is this feels like the last year was like the draft that said actually he's got talent this year was the draft that shows actually he's got experience and he's learned from previous drafts where it hasn't gone all right it hasn't gone particularly well for him he's probably panicked at times but this year it was just a perfect blend of his skill and experience and patience and hopefully the Chiefs are better for it yeah I, I think trading up slightly was a good move um some people say that we've traded away a lot for that, but I, I I don't really see that now. I mean, I, you know, there was. Does it matter if he's a good player? Well, that's the thing. I mean, clearly he didn't realize that Trent uh, McDuffie was going to actually be there. Mm-hmm. So I think he thought there's an opportunity here, and he saw that opportunity arrived, didn't he? And he thought, I've got to go up and get him now mm-hmm. because he won't be around for the next eight no. picks. Um, and it was clear. I think the Bills went up for one, didn't they? Was it uh, Elam? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And so he clearly saw that there was something happening. There's some rumblings happening that, mm-hmm. you know, there was a team going to go up and get Trent McDuffie. And he he just found the perfect opportunity. And like you said, yeah. the patience of the guy, 
was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he could have got caught up in all of the wide receiver fighting and, you know, going up to try and draft a, a wide receiver and, and giving away a lot more than he should have to do that. But I'm, I'm proud of him, man. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to, uh, to, to what these rookies can do in this as well. Um, is there any particular player that you think I'm really looking forward to seeing him in a, in a Chiefs jersey? It's something that you think he can be a day one starter maybe, or do you think somebody in there that could have a long career with the Chiefs? Um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing Carl Aftis play, um, yeah. to be honest. I am because I, it sounds really stupid, but like he's a genuine re- European, isn't he? Like yeah. he is like genuinely European. And um, but I think he lived in Athens until he was 14, wasn't he? Until yeah. he moved across to the States. So it's not like he's like lived in America his whole life and he just happens to have a Greek grandparent. Like I think he genuinely <laughs> is Greek. So um, I'm looking forward, to, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I lived in Greece for a year. So I've, it's like, I've, I've got a soft spot for Greece. So I am. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing that. We can't really call him the Greek freak because Giannis might have something to say about that. Um, that but, trademark yet. Yeah. <laughs> imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> imagine. Yeah. So <laughs> Giannis plays are oh, it's the Greek freak no you can't call me that because uh Carl Aftis for the Chiefs got trademarked by those guys that do the Great British Chiefs show <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no we do need to come up with a better um trademark uh, I don't know I might just start I might just start calling him Gyros or something like that yeah. <laughs> I don't know Slovakia with the Saki um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not too sure I'm not too sure but yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him play what about you uh, I'm I, originally. I was looking at looking forward to uh, Brian Cook, um, okay, because he's a very aggressive guy. And I kind of like those aggressive guys. And I know, obviously, uh, Leo Chan- Leo Chanel, isn't it? Leo yeah. Chanel. Um, he's he's already said that he's going to bring he's going to bring pain basically, isn't he? That's what he's going to mm. do. Um, but all the pictures I've seen of Kinnard make me realise the thing. That guy's a monster. He he looks like a man mountain. And if he's going to yeah. be the the right tackle for the Chiefs, nobody's going to get to Patrick Mahomes if he if that guy's there. Yeah, That's- it's a it's a like obviously it's wishful thinking at the moment for a, a fifth round draft pick to have him potentially be our right tackle starting day one. That's wishful thinking. I th- I think there's a chance, but it's more so in hope as opposed to expectation right now. But if, the, if that does turn out to be the case and the chiefs have completely overhauled their offensive line in two seasons where they've got guys under contract for three to four years, all of them, then Brett Veach deserves a knighthood. He really does. Because like last year, obviously we, we went into the draft with Orlando Brown and Joe Tooney in place. They were in place already. And then he nailed the Creed Humphrey pick. He nailed the Trey Smith pick. That went better than anyone thought it possibly could do. And if he's pulled another Trey Smith out the bag in Canards, then Patrick Mahomes needs to buy Brett Veach a car or something like that because (laughs) he's going to have these guys in front of him for the next three to four, hopefully even longer. And knowing that now that the next few years we can go into these drafts, not having to worry about the offensive line. Like offensive tackle is a premium position in the NFL and we potentially might not have to worry about it for years because of how well we've drafted or how well we've picked up free agents. It's just, it's phenomenal. And it enables you then to spend 
premium draft picks on luxury players. Like I am an advocate for the Chiefs picking a pass catcher. I don't care what position a pass catcher in the top 100 every single draft. I, that's what I believe the Chiefs should do yeah. because there's a greater chance of those players being uh, being hit on. So why not give Patrick Mahomes as many weapons as possible? We all know that Andy Reid's system takes a little while for receivers to to get used to. Like Sky Moore even mentioned it, how complex it was, the playbook, when he first looked at it. So why not just keep bringing these guys in? Let's, let's create a fountain of pass catchers. And if you've got your offensive line sorted, then you don't need to worry about any other positions as offense because you've got quarterback, you've got the offensive line. So if you're going to spend picks on it, spend it a receiver. And then the flip side, you can also spend it on premium defensive positions. Yeah. It just gives the Chiefs such a good basis to be good for years to come because they've got that offensive line sorted. And kudos to Brett Veach for doing it. It's getting the foundation set, isn't it? I think that's mm-hmm. what yeah. it feels like in this draft. Yeah. And um, that's what this draft was. It's a foundation setting draft. Yeah, because if 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 these if Carl Eftis, uh, McDuffie, Canard, and say I don't know Sky Moore turn out all to be starters for the next four or five years, that puts the Chiefs in such a good position going forward in terms of depth of roster and cap space, and that is what the Chiefs need to do. They need to use this draft to continuously retool and hitting on three or four draft picks every single season is the way to do it. Another part of this draft strategy that really impressed me the most is Veach's bravery to actually go for those players with the the red mark against the names. I like the Trey Smith pick, you know, because uh, there was a lot of talk about Trey Smith and his it was like blood clot issue or something like that, mm-hmm. wasn't there? You know, there was, there was something there that that teams were like, mm, we probably wouldn't actually take a chance on him. Brett Veach has got that bravery to go out there and go, no, we're going to take a chance on him because we believe yeah. in this kid and what he can do. Yeah. They've done that with Canard as well because, um, yes, there was a bit of a red mark about his political opinions and things like that because he wore a T-shirt or something to one of the open days, which, you know, that's that's probably one of the main reasons why he dropped in the draft. And Veach has basically gone, no, we like him. We like what he does. We like We like his abilities. He fits what we need. We're mm-hmm. going to take him, and we're getting that. We, we we seem to be getting that quite often now. In the last couple of drafts, we seem to be getting players now where they have something. Something's raised by other teams, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs are going. That's not an issue to us. We believe in these players. Yeah, um, and that's what I'm saying. Like you know, there's like a red mark next to them. It's like a red question mark. Do yeah, we yeah. Do for these players, but, but virtual uh, pick them up. Yeah, but, and he absolutely should. Like, how many day three picks in the NFL draft actually are good players, con- like percentage wise? How many turn out to be starters in the NFL four or five years later? I wouldn't like to guess. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's not that high. I'm guessing it's maybe around the, I don't know, 25% region, I should imagine, if that. So if that's the case, then why not take flyers on talent? Mm. Why not like just just go for the talent? And that's why I kind of like what they've done with Ross as well, um, yeah. like picking him up. They've just gone for the talent. Like if he doesn't work out, yes, he's got this injury. If it doesn't work out, that's that's unlucky for him because he obviously had the world at his feet a few years ago, and obviously things haven't worked out for him. If it turns out not to be be the right place for him in Kansas City, but the upside of it working is ridiculous like if you've got 
we're talking about ceilings of teams, right? And you talk about ceilings of players. You look at the ceiling of these receivers that the Chiefs have got now. Like we've seen, I think Tyreek Hill, although I think he's still there, yeah, he's peaked as an NFL receiver. I would say the same, yes. Yeah, he has already peaked. And I'm not saying that he's not going, he's not staying at that peak, but I don't expect him to go to Miami and get any better. Yeah. And granted, his peak is better than any of these Chiefs receivers' peak could ever be. Agreed. Yeah. But then you look at the other pass catches we had last year and their ceilings are what? Really, really, really low. Very really low. low. We're talking like the Shire, Hobbiton, like those type <laughs> of houses, okay? But then you look at the receivers that the Chiefs have in the building now. Imagine if you get the rookie version of Juju Smith-Schuster again. Imagine if McColl reaches his ceiling. Imagine if you get the 2019 version or 2018 version of, of, of Justin Ross. Imagine if Sky Moore hits his potential. Then all of a sudden, okay, there's a lot of what-ifs there. But if all of these guys yeah. hit their potential or even get close to it and start peaking at a similar sort of time, then why can't this offense be just as good as it's ever been? Why can't it be better? It's certainly going to be more balanced. We already know what Travis Kelsey is. Travis Kelsey is a freaking unicorn. He's going to he is he he's going to stay at his peak forever. I'm I'm looking forward to him being back to 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 back 1000 yard season. He's Mr. Reliable. He's going to be doing it at four. He don't care. so yeah, you can add some of these like guys hitting the ceiling. Then this this offense is just it's it's going up. Anyways, back to the original point. The original point was you take flyers on talent in later rounds and in and in undrafted free um free agency because if they do hit their ceiling, great. If they don't, you've lost nothing. It's risk That's free. Why you do it. That's risk why you free, do it. isn't it? it, it exactly. It's, it's you know yeah. It's but like I said, I, I I love I love I love someone that say looks at life as glass half full. Yeah, and not glass half empty. And Brett Veach is very much a glass half full type of guy. Oh, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, and and that's what I'm saying. He he just seems to look for the positives in a lot of these players, and he seems to be collecting a lot of players at the moment that have either a big chip on the shoulder or have something to prove, and 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 that's that's all the fuel you need. No matter what draft, you know what round you were picked up in the draft, if you've got that drive, that that, that determination to do well and be a great team player, then. I think you're all right in, in Brett Veach's book. Mm-hmm. If you if you're some fly boy, high high flying hotshot who thinks he's he's already made it because he's actually got into an NFL team, he doesn't want to know you. So that for me is Brett Veach's whole kind of philosophy over it all. And I think looking forward to the 2023 draft, I'm going to be looking at players with good heart, good backstories, and maybe a little red question mark next to the name because Brett Veach is picking them up. Uh, I look. I look forward to the Brad Simcox 2023 KC draft guide. I look forward to it. <laughs> draft guide. Yeah. <laughs> There'd be absolutely it. nothing on trades, and it'd just be all background. <laughs> all background. Let's delve yeah. into the background. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the international series, and we'll be giving you our ten reasons why we hate the off season. Welcome back to the Great British Chief Show with myself, Brad Simcox, and Tom Childs. So the NFL schedule is released this week. 
Thursday to be precise. But already Tom and I have had our hearts broken due to the fact that Chiefs will not be heading to Germany this year, having already convinced ourselves that it would be happening. Instead, the Seahawks are heading to Munich to face the luckiest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Mate, we're, we're good at about this, aren't we? Quick question. When well, you say the luckiest quarterback in the world, Tom Brady, is that in regard to his contract he's recently signed with Fox, or just, was that your opinion on him anyway? Oh, yeah. no. I, well, that's what I mean. That's, it just adds to the look, doesn't it? He's, the fact that he's getting $375 million or whatever it is to work for. Who is, who is it he's working for? Fox, is it? Fox, yeah. Yeah. It's just, just everything, you know, everything he touches turns to gold, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you're so bitter, so bitter. But no, oh, speaking of bitter, yeah, I am a little bit. Because um, I genuinely believe that it's Tom Brady's fault is the reason why we're not getting the game in Germany. Exactly. See, I, that's I, another reason to hate him. <laughs> yeah, I do think his retirement kind of forced the Bucks' hands a little bit to yeah. not have the Chiefs in Tampa Bay. I feel I felt like that when he retired, um, the Bucks maybe figured that they'd need Mahomes in Tampa to sell tickets, and it was it was the Aaron Rodgers effect. Aaron, the, the Packers have never been able to get an away game in London because mm-hmm. they knew the teams that they were playing knew that having the Packers in town was a guaranteed sellout, and that's maybe the way it is with Mahomes these days. And Mahomes visiting is a, a guaranteed sellout. So yeah, we're gonna have to wait a year. We're going to have to wait a year. I do think it will happen next year. I know I said this last year. This time next year, Rodney will be millionaires. Um, but no, um, next year, next year is going to happen. It's going to happen in Frankfurt as well. And I don't know, I don't know if you watched it. Did you, uh, West Ham played Frankfurt uh, last last weekend or oh, last week wow. in the um, Europa League semi final, yeah. and that place was raucous. It was absolutely crazy, and they really brought like a like this hostility to it and I yeah. do feel like whoever whoever gets to be that home team in in um, Frankfurt next year and hopefully it will be the Chiefs they're going to be in for a, a home field advantage in Frankfurt and it's going to be a very tasty one at that mate I, I, it's yeah that Frankfurt place is unreal um, I, I've only seen like a brief snippet of it but it looked like a place that if you were a Frankfurt fan that's definitely the place you want to be. If you were an opposition fan, you don't want to be there, do you? <laughs> now, did you see that they ripped up the seats? So <laughs> they ripped up the seats so they could basically create their own standing section. <laughs> like that's amazing. Like that's there's not enough. <laughs> there's not there's not enough standing in footballers in uh, football slash soccer as it is anyway. Yeah. And uh, they just thought, all right, do away with these seats. Let's uh, ram as many people as we can into this uh, section and make our own little standing area great I, I all for it I, I loved what the Frankfurt fans did I, I love the atmosphere that they bring and um the Chiefs will be very lucky um to be able to play a home game potentially in 2023 in front of of, of those fans and yeah. and us we didn't want to go to Munich anyway did we I've been twice so I don't need to see Munich again <laughs> I've been Munich. to Munich twice I've been to Berlin I've been to Hamburg I'm ready to see a new German city. Give me yeah. Frankfurt. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Uh, the, the other games that were in the international series for the UK, I mean, we've we've got some decent games here, I thought. Vikings versus Saints, uh, Gen- uh, Giants versus Packers, and Broncos versus Jags. So at least we get, you know, one of the AFC West teams over here as well, which mm-hmm. you know, it could be something that we might want to go and watch. I don't That's know. That's the game I'm aiming for. Is I'm it? Aiming, Is yeah, I'm for? aiming for the Wembley Stadium game. Give me uh, Jags, Broncos. Wembley Stadium's only half hour down the road from me, so 
give, give me that game and uh, yeah, give me a Trevor Lawrence jersey. I, I'm all for it. Jack's fan for the day. Yeah, so we've, we've we've got to wait for the Chiefs, but um, we don't mind waiting. We wait this long, haven't we? Um, so anyway, it's been a long time now, though. Like it's been a while, yeah, since 2015. Yeah, like the first international series was what in 2007. Yeah, the first game. So we had to wait all the way till 2015 to get the Chiefs in London, and now the next time the Chiefs going to be is 2023. So you're talking like eight year waits either mm. side. That's that's long, and like compared to some teams, I think I think I read right that the, this is the, like the Jags' ninth trip to London or something like this year. Crazy, eighth or ninth trip. Like I know, obviously, they've got the agreement in place to play a game here every year, but eighth or ninth. I know the Dolphins have been out over at least three or four times. Um, I think this is might be the Broncos' second or second or third time as well. The Giants have been over a few times. The Rams have been over a few times. It's just, yeah, it's just, it's a shame that the, the NFL keeps sending this dross over to, yeah, exactly. to the UK. And, like, we're, we're, we're not getting, we're not getting like the premium teams, like you know, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Lord knows when the Chiefs will be playing in London again, because I, I, I think, I think my boys might be old enough for that one by the time the Chiefs actually play in London. <laughs> it might be, it might be taking you with your Zimmer frame by. Then. Yeah, I, I, I might get, I might get in as a concession uh, by the time the Chiefs play in London again. <laughs> We're in the midst of a, another off season, and uh, we hate off seasons. And we thought it'd be quite fun to actually put in ten reasons why we absolutely despise the off season. And mm-hmm. we actually came up with more than ten, so we're, <laughs> we're going to try and work our way through these. But uh, do you want to start us off, or do, do you want me to start us off? Yeah, it's right. To be clear, right, we could have recorded this segment back in February. We could have done it. Yeah. But our head pride didn't want us to record off season content before the draft. So we we so we're 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 recording this as if this is February February. So there's going to be some obviously bits in regards to free agency even bits in regards to draft. But it is also really relevant in terms of what's coming up in the next few months. We are in this period now where there's going to be mini camp that's going to be overanalyzed. It's going to be all these few months up until training camp where it's just going to be absolutely rubbish like i have to do headlines every like six days a week now yeah and do you know how hard our headlines is is on like the 28th of may it is like so hard trying to find a story to lead with i i I genuinely think that i have the hardest job in the world during the (laughs) offseason i I do i do our headlines like i just sit there just scrolling for for, for well, not hours, a few minutes, trying to find something relevant <laughs> for the Chiefs, and it is tough. And we've got such budding writers at Arrowhead Pride that just want to put out content all the time, and they steal things from me. And I, I find myself effing and blinding at our current, our, our my <laughs> colleagues because they've they've taken something. Well, that I want it from me. Yeah, I yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, just you know. Anyway, so right, number one, one, one reason why I hate the off season. Players turning around saying that they are in the best shape of their lives. <laughs> Every year, isn't it? Every, Every off season. Yeah, I've been training during the off season. I feel great. I feel this is the best I'm going to be for the rest of the season. I'm going to be amazing. And then they'll probably get pull a hammy or something in week one or something morning. Yeah, you know? and just turn out to be rubbish. We see it every year. <laughs> I've been working really hard. I've been really doing really... I'm, I won't say too loud in case this, but McCole Hardman's one of those. Is he? He, he, he? He's one of those. You check out his socials. Like 
he's he's sneaky one of those and, I, um, I just saw him on a video the other week counting a million pounds or so a million million uh, dollars or something <laughs> spreading it out on who, what he bought his mom and what he bought his family and so okay uh, good on him if good that's working him, hard then <laughs> yeah <laughs> all yeah. for it <laughs> but yeah there's 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 a few like that so that's that's my that's one of my biggest gripes of of the off season and over to you for number two number two well i mean the obvious one is the wait for football isn't it I mean, mm. the last time we saw football, especially the Chiefs game, was against the Bengals, and it was horrible. And we've got to live with that for the rest of the off season, while we, you know, try and lick our wounds at the fact that we should have been to another Super Bowl and yada yada yada. And it's it that that for me is the it's the painstaking wait because you've got to fill your time in with everything else. I mean, we're watching yeah. Formula One. Um, you know, you'll probably no doubt be watching basketball or something at the moment as well. And, you know, you'd watch international tiddlywinks finals or something if you could, wouldn't you? Just to get a bit of like sporting contest and entertainment mm. going. Um, and I find myself doing that. I mean, I'm actually looking forward to the Isle of Man TT because I do love the motorbikes. So okay. the Isle of Man TT is great, but that's on for like a couple of weeks and then it's over with. So yeah, yeah, it's filling the time during that that off season. It's the it's the pain of it, especially in a non World Cup or European Championships year. Yeah, that's the worst because like not like last summer we had June like June and July of just football uh, yeah, slash soccer yeah. constantly funny. for five six weeks, and it, I didn't even. Think about the Chiefs once. Just those those five six weeks of just concentrating on England, but we haven't got that this year, and we haven't got it next year either. So yeah. that that that's going to be an issue. So um, yeah, I'm I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, number two, and I touched on it. Oh, number three, I touched on it a minute ago. Overanalyzing footage coming from team social media accounts, <laughs> and yeah. I. I feel so sorry for Tua. So sorry. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> because I'm guilty of it myself, right? But I watched that clip. And if anyone hasn't seen it, there's a clip from the Miami Dolphins socials that says uh, Tua, Rocket to Tyreek. And he throws this pass. And it's clearly underthrown. And I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't the only person to done this. I paused it on the exact time that Tyreek Hill caught the ball, screenshot it and sent in my own tweet. And it looks like Tyreek Hill is fielding a punt. Yeah, and, it does. <laughs> and like the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill and Tua has just had Chiefs fans living in their mentions. <laughs> it just, oh, you went from Patrick Mahomes to that. <laughs> <laughs> and it is such it is such a May the 11th story. It really is. And it's I, I love it, but I also it just reminds me that oh my god, we're actually doing this. It doesn't mean anything. They're in shorts and t-shirts. It really is the NFL offseason. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think you're right. I think Chiefs fans really are feeling like, you know, the ex has gone off to find a better a better man or something. Yeah. And we're just bombarding her with texts. Yeah, <laughs> Saying, you yeah. left me for that. You left me yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we that that's the downside of it, isn't it? That's the horrible side of, of of being a fan of a particular team when you know one of your star players leaves, goes to another team, mm. and their quarterback just isn't great at all. And you think, no. why why have you left one of the greatest <laughs> generational talents around to go to? Let it go, match? Brad. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I know. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, one of my one of my pet peeves actually during the off season is the fact that the Chiefs are linked with literally everyone. Oh come on, you're the worst for this. I, I'm not actually. I've been I've been a lot better this time because I'm thinking. No, I'm I'm trying to be a bit more self aware of the fact that I have been. I mean, I I, I was on the train for Le'Veon Bell. I'll admit that, and I was on that train for Le'Veon Bell for a good two years. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, it's actually become a pet peeve for me now because I'm th- I see it everywhere now. I don't know if it's, bec- if it's because you you brought it to my attention. I'm thinking, oh yeah, we do do that quite a bit. You we? Know, well, no fans. I mean, like fans. In oh, general. the royal way. Yeah. yeah, the royal way. <laughs> so the, the fact that you know somebody comes available, somebody gets released. I mean, you know, uh, Bradbury is 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 the latest one, isn't he? Mm. From the Giants. Yeah, and I'll admit I put a little kind of bit of a you know interesting emoji of, when I was retweeting the uh, yeah 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 that he'd been really thought oh, yeah maybe you know he's a good fit, but we all do it. It's and it's literally with every single player. I think I saw one with Julio Jones at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it it just happens too often now, and I see the error of my ways as well when I look at it. I'm glad. I'm glad you've grown. You've matured. You're I like Brett Veach now. I'm, We're talking yeah. about Brett Veach, more skilled, more experienced. Yeah. You're like yeah. that. You've you, you've grown as a fan now. You've come away from the reactionary. Yeah, you've, that's rubbish. You're still probably I'm the still most reactionary, reactionary yeah. person I know. But yeah, <laughs> you, you're getting there. You're getting there. So that was number what five? No four. four. So uh, number five for me, the inevitable prediction that the Chargers. We'll win everything this year. That's <laughs> death, taxes, and that prediction. Yeah. It's going to happen. And one year, it will happen. The Chargers will win it all. I, I have no doubts with Justin Herbert as their quarterback, they will win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking forward to the inevitable. I told you so. I told you. I told you the Chargers, <laughs> this was the Chargers year. I told you. Well, guess what? If you throw enough shit, something's going to stick eventually, isn't it? Well, right? yeah. so yeah. it's it's that is exactly the case with the charges. It's similar to probably my next one as well in terms of number six, and that's people predicting that players are going to be good in the draft and yeah. self patting themselves on the back when it comes to the draft. There are so many people out there that will turn around and say that they like that player at least once in the off season, mm-hmm. just so. When they do get drafted, they can go back and say, I told you so. I go told back to so. that tweet as well. Yeah, go back to exactly. The tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. told you so. And I then told retweet you so. It. I, another... I, never, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's another thing I don't like about the NFL offseason. The Chargers predictions and people self-patting themselves on the back. Well, actually, yeah, I was going to go with way too early predictions. Um, okay. You know, so, I mean, you know, the likes of, you know, I mean... The, the, the be careful what one. you say here, Brad. Be careful what you say because we've got like seven or eight shows to fill <laughs> before the season starts. Way too early predictions. Because <laughs> I have a feeling that way too early predictions will probably be a show that we rec- inevitably record yeah. in the next couple of months. No, but what I mean by way too early predictions, I mean like pre-draft. I mean, there was one of them where Robert Griffin III was uh, talking about the Raiders being the number one offense now. Because Tyreek Hill had left the Chiefs, I was thinking, whoa, 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 pump the pump the brakes, you know? Because okay. you've still got a draft to go through, you still got free agency to go through, you've still got all of that to happen before you can actually say that 
all of a sudden the Raiders are now number one offense in the in the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I, I think. Yeah, I think when I say way too early predictions, I think pre-draft. I think literally when the season's the last season's over, and then somebody's saying that. So you don't like it's not that you don't like way too early predictions, is that you don't like incorrect predictions. That's what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect so basically, way too any, early predictions. Anything that David Carr uh, produces for NFL.com, you hate. Basically. Oh man, he's such a homer, isn't he? Oh, any just, any just. Oh, so what that was number seven. So I'm number eight. eight now. Number eight for me. Um, this is my final one, I think. And then you've got the last two. So my final one is players getting in trouble in the off season. Just, <laughs> just right. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. Don't keep oozes in your car. Like, yeah. Like, I know people say, oh, well, they've got a lot of time off. So like we all had 13 weeks of school a year when we were kids. <laughs> Didn't mean that we went committing crimes like we got loads of time off when we were like 15 16 i don't know what it's like in america but over here we get a quarter of the year off school plus weekends we weren't going committing crimes in that time just just don't do it like you've got all the money in the world you can buy anything you want legally yeah just go and have a pleasant legal time don't get into any trouble. Yeah. And obviously there's lines to this in terms of crimes. What 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 I would class as a serious crime and what's not a serious crime. Obviously, being an Englishman, my level of tolerance towards certain things, i.e. guns, is obviously a lot lower than, say, some Americans. But <laughs> yeah. there's obviously levels to, to, to crime and what, what the NFL sees as a, as a bad crime and what society sees as a bad crime. Obviously, there's different levels. But just behave yourself. You have got a dream job. You get paid to play a child's game. That's what you, as professional sportsmen, that's what you do. There's millions of kids all around the world playing that sport for free, for fun. You get paid to do that. You are in a privileged position. Yes, you've worked hard to get there. I do not, I am not underplaying that. You have worked hard to get there. Why waste that hard work and go and be stupid in the off season and commit a crime? Just let's not have any of that this off season. Let's just have a nice, clean off season. Everyone could be law-abiding citizens. There's no need for anyone to go Gerald Butler on us and just just have a nice time. Let's have everyone back it, in August for training camp. It's DUIs for me. That seems to be the thing that seems to be the thing. Um, if, if it's one thing that you've got to be aware of, it's DUIs. Don't don't yeah. be in Vegas. Don't be in LA because you will get DUIs, right? Yeah. Get yourself the Uber app. Yeah. Use an Uber. <laughs> don't drive yeah. around in your Lamborghinis or whatever whatever it is. You know, if you're going to have a drink, have a drink. But use an Uber for goodness sake, you know. Yeah. Um, I agree with you, mate. DUIs and and and. I mean, say like crimes and stuff like that. Yeah, DUIs is considered is considered an an offence, isn't it? Um, but yeah, just just be a bit mindful. You you are privileged mm-hmm. to play this game, and just don't blow it. We blow yeah. it for. Don't blow it. Right then. Okay. So what is it now? Nine and ten. We've got another pet peeve of mine. Is the schedule's been released in May? It's quite topical this week. Yeah, especially for us foreign fans because we've got to we've got to put it this way, right? You've got about four months to kind of work out your hotels, your flights, everything like that, and you've got to get a pass out of the house 
for mm-hmm. a good few days, which you've got to, you, you can't just, just spring it on them. Well, I suppose we did that for the Super Bowl, but the, you can't just spring it on the, on the other half, can you? I said, oh, by the way, I'm going to uh, Kansas City next week. No, uh, there's, there's, you're, you're planting seeds for months and months in advance, you've aren't to, you? Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, yeah. You've got to chip away at it. It's, it's a fine art. Yeah. Giving us four months to work on that is just not enough. <laughs> it's not enough. You've got to literally get the schedule out as soon as the Super Bowl is finished, and it gives us plenty of time to work on our other halves, get the hotels done, get the flights done. Yeah, I agree. I, I, to be honest, like the, the NFL, like they do make me laugh because they are really feeling themselves this week, aren't they? Yeah. They really are. With that, with the, like they know they are massive, and they know that the NBA playoffs is like smack bang in the middle of the conference semifinals. <laughs> and all they keep doing is just releasing games, just like releasing games. Like you, what, you want to talk about Luka Donjic and Devin Booker going at it? Well, no, 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 you're not talking about that on socials. Here you go. The Rams are playing Broncos on Christmas day. Go talk about that instead. <laughs> and they, they just, they, they know what they're onto. They, they are, they're such a clever organization. Like it winds me up to be honest at how clever they are. And they know that as fans, we have a first for content. And so they just like, go on, have a little bit here. And then we give you a little bit there. And then we give you a little bit more on Wednesday night, give you a little bit Thursday morning and then bam, have the rest of the schedule on Thursday night. Oh, they, they, they love themselves the NFL oh, and I, I can't blame them. The product they've got is incredible. And um, the boy, howdy, don't they know it? Yeah. My last one to complete the whole 10 things we hate about the off season. Everyone wants to be the next Rappaport. <laughs> right. Everyone wants to release. This one feels personal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to release that breaking news information that, you know, suddenly they're going to get a retweet from Ian Rappaport that, you know, he had it first or they had it first. It's just, just don't because it's just, my whole timeline is just littered with people just going, this is happening. Such a player's coming here. Such a player's going there. Such a player this, such a player that. And it never happens. Nine times out of 10, it never materializes, right? You get one lucky chance every now and again that something like that's going to happen. Breaking news story that you're going to be, you know, loaded over over the next few weeks before the, before the season starts. But it just seems as though fans like us, we want to be first. We want the information first. We want to be the ones that break the story. And it just, it just spreads so much fake news. Yeah. That Mm. it just, it's just, it's just information overload that we just don't need. I think the funny thing is, is when people tweet stuff and it's day at the end of it, they put as per Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Like we don't don't follow him. (laughs) Yes. We're, we're, we're coming to you, Mr. Man with 67 followers <laughs> for our news, not Ian Rappaport. That's the thing that makes me laugh. Yeah. I, I just think you sound bitter because you haven't got the blue check mark. That's that's what it is. And you don't I, have I don't like power. blue check marks. I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I am with you. I am with you. It, it, what you were saying did sound like it was personal and it's aimed at someone in particular. I feel like there's a name that you're going to tell me post-show and you go, he does this. She does this all the time. It does my head in. That's why I feel like it's coming from. No, no. As long as, uh, as, long as you're not like going on at Pete or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> on at Pete. I don't, I don't mind. But no, yeah, no. But obviously, that, 
everyone can work remotely now. Social media has given everyone a voice, and like, yeah. it, it, look at this, it's given us a voice that we're on this platform because yeah. because of socials, because of that. So there are more voices out there than there ever ever has been. It's not like the good old days uh, when you were a child when you went to the teletext for your news or newspapers controlled or the radio controlled every every bit of sporting yeah. news you saw. There wasn't a social media. Obviously now, sports news, all news is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. It's constant. It, it, news is constant. And so obviously there's always going to be more people out there looking to break the next story. And I genuinely think that reporting on American sports is very good compared to what we get over here in the UK for football yeah. slash soccer. Like you don't, it's rare that you get rumours from reputable sources that aren't, don't turn out to be correct, mm. especially when it comes to players leaving or players being traded. They they often are correct. Where over here, some of our top journalists, or I say top in inverted commas, our top soccer slash football journalists and their newspapers and their Sky Sports, for example, they will print and show and televise all sorts of rumours all the time. Yeah. They do it to manipulate odds, don't they? They do it all the time. Mm. Sky, Bet, Sky Sports are renowned for sending out rumors and then doing and then all of a sudden Skybet which is their partner they get a load of bets on players leaving and it's it's manipulated by the news and Sky Sports all of a sudden make loads of money out of it where we don't really get that out of American sports now genuinely I do believe that the level of reporting in American sports is is far greater than anything I've seen over here on the continent should we say yeah as per source as per as per Ian Rappaport <laughs> <laughs> That's very unrappable, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, we're running out of time, actually, because I know we were going to do the hour headlines uh, section, which we probably have to put for the next one, because... Uh, you Is know, that before or after our way too early predictions? <laughs> <laughs> Is that I, I, way before? I, I don't know, are you confusing me? No, uh, yeah, we, we'll obviously get around to the hour headlines at some point, but if you do want to read the hour headlines, uh, obviously go to the Arrowhead Pride website uh tom does them painstakingly bless him you know it's the hardest job in the world uh to do to pull all this information together for you the viewer the listener to read and and taking all this information and 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 tom does it while you sleep Mm -hmm. yeah but we will get around to it next time because uh there's, there's a lot of good content in there which we think we should uh we should delve into a little bit more less newsy more opinion based so we're going to yeah. we're going to take we're going to take some of our favorite opinion based uh, pieces that have been included in our headlines for the last couple of weeks and then we're just going to use them as topics of conversations mm-hmm. um going forward and yeah basically because we can't be bothered to think of our own content for the shows <laughs> because it <laughs> is else? may and it is june and may is july we use other people's so that's what we're going to do that's a good plan i like that plan yeah. Yeah. Less right. work. Yeah. More fun. Less work. Exactly. <laughs> right then. That's all we've got time for this week. Your boys from the kingdom will return again in two weeks' time as we ease into the hour ahead pride schedule for 2022. And as always, if you haven't already, please feel free to leave us a rating and review. Tell us what you like about the show or what you'd like us to add in future episodes. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas. There's more Chiefs content here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network as we gear up for the new season ahead. But all that's left to say here is, from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.
Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.